From Commando.com, this is Commando On Demand. It's a great podcast where we talk to industry movers and shakers because we want to keep you up to date on everything digital and live the best digital lifestyle ever. And by the end of this Commando On Demand episode, well, you're going to know what you need to do to jumpstart your day. Because we're going to be talking about how successful people start their day. And joining me on this podcast is my friend. He's not an intern. We joke about that. He's been an intern for how many years now? 17, 17 years, years now, years. yes. Our, our tech director for the Kim Commando Show, Mike James. Thank you for having me. Really looking forward to this podcast. Everybody wants to be successful at whatever they do. And there are some things that highly successful people do. But the first thing I wanted to get is your successful habit or routine that you do every day. Without it, it wouldn't be a good day. Wow. So go ahead. Um, you know, it's really personal. But, you know, I guess I could share, right? Yes, there's okay. only me and you and a couple millions of thousand, others. hundred thousand. Yeah, yes. millions, trillions of other people that listen. I normally wake up at four o'clock in the morning without an alarm. Right. That's when I have those 4 a.m. thoughts, as I call them here in the studios. These are ideas to propel the business or things that are bothering me and solutions to them. And so I generally will get up and pull out my phone and write a note to whatever it may be. And I'd say about 80% of the time, it's pretty on the mark. Mm -hmm. It's almost like your subconscious is solving whatever the issue may be. And then I normally start rustling around around 6.30 in the morning. What I'll do is, of course, I check my phone to see what time it is before I do anything. And then I'll generally lay down on my back and take a few deep breaths and I actually pray. And that's about 15 minutes. And then I head over to the kitchen and let the dog out, you know, do all that good stuff. Say hi to Ian and wake him up. And then I will make myself, believe it or not, a cup of tea. And then I go to my bathroom. And that's one of the best things for a marriage is for a husband and wife to have separate bathrooms. Okay. It sounds crazy because when we first looked at this house, I thought, well, this is kind of weird. Like, that's his bathroom and this is my bathroom. Now, when we travel... Uh huh. It's like, oh my gosh, do you have to be in the bathroom at the same time? And Barry loves it. And I'm like, oh no, I just kind of need my space. I'm normally in the car by 8 a.m. and I try to get in the car at 8 a.m. And the reason why is that 8 a.m. on the Catholic Channel, on Sirius Radio, I can listen to the Mass from St. Patrick's Cathedral and it's only 20 minutes. And guess what my commute is? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Right. So that's generally how I start my day. You know what? I think a lot of successful people have a lot of things in common, and you'd be surprised when you listen to the rest of this podcast how much you have in common with a lot of successful people. We're going to talk to Mark Mitri, who started as a very shy, kind of inverted person and really didn't like to talk to anybody. And now, basically, he's on one of the top 100 podcasts in the world. Wow. And he interviews billionaires all the time. And we're going to talk to him about his success habits. Also, really excited to have Joseph Herrera with us on this podcast. He is a successful lawyer, graduated from Columbia Law School, and then was representing a company that he eventually became the CEO of, which is Smart Glass. So we're going to talk to wow. him a little bit about this that company. Great. Yeah, and about his company and how he kind of starts his day and on those pressing issues that you talked about, how he gets through those things that are really kind of bothering him. So all about successful habits today, and we will start the podcast in just a few moments. Right now, we're going to take a quick time out to hear a word from our partners who help make these podcasts possible. 
All right, welcome back to Commando on Demand. And today we're taking a look at the successful habits of successful people. I guess the very simplified version of being successful is finding people that are successful and then simply, well, doing what they do. Which brings us to our guest, Mark Mitri, who is a super successful podcaster. And what he's done from being a very shy teenager is now he interviews billionaires and super successful people. So we're going to talk to Mark about some of the success habits that he's built from talking to those people. Mark, welcome to Commando On Demand. Tell me a little bit about you and and where you started. Absolutely. So I'm a 21-year-old. Wow. I grew up on the East Coast of the United States. My parents immigrated here from Egypt without knowing anybody, with $200 in their pocket, without the language. In turn, that made me really resourceful and crafty kid, just always trying to make something happen without really not having that much to make happen. We grew up on government housing, food stamps. My parents were awesome to me, taught me all of the right and wrong morals. But um, I had some physical health issues that ended up leading to mental health issues, which I define as anxiety and a bit of depression. And from ages nine to 18 and a half, I lived inside of a mental prison inside of my own life. You know, in society, we're all chasing this definition of success. And for me, it was, you know, hey, Mark, once you you know, make X amount of money, you'll finally be happy. All your problems will go away. And when I was 15 years old and I discovered that after making the hundreds of thousands of dollars, that that is really actually not the case at all, it started to build a little bit of cognitive dissonance in my brain. And that led me to being even more depressed. And eventually I led on this cycle until I ended up going to college when I was 18. And by the time I was 19, I started to figure this stuff out. And that's where I got into a better lifestyle, into starting my business, into hosting my podcast, into doing all the different things that I have today. So that's kind of my background. Do you remember like a specific wake up moment? Do you remember like a day or something that you were reading or listening to that said, you know, the light kind of switched? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think there was a lot of moments leading up to it, but one moment that really stuck out to me was on November 8th of 2016. And this was after I had, you know, just a little bit of context. A year before that, I ended up falling down this, um, this pretty interesting dark spiral in my life in college where I gained a tremendous amount of weight. I was over 200 pounds. I was uh, abusing my body and my mind with, uh, with food, with Netflix, really just trying to escape myself. And I had started to eat healthy. I had started to do some of the healthy habits that, you know, we all sort of know that we should do. And on November 8th, 2016, I was taking this nap and I ended up waking up from this nap and kind of like that, you know, half asleep, half awake sort of phase. And I ended up just having a series of really, really inner thoughts where I think I got quiet enough to actually hear myself. And I, I don't know exactly what it was saying, but it was along the lines of, Mark, if you don't get up like right now and like just start living your own life, this same cycle that you've been living is going to continue to perpetuate again and again and again and again. So like from that nap, I 
like didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I just got up and I just walked to target. And when I went to target, I ended up buying a whiteboard. I ended up buying a journal and it was actually the, the only journal that target had left. And it said ideas become things. And I really just started to write down the kinds of goals that I wanted to have for myself. And they weren't specific targeted goals, but I remember one of the goals that I had was feel better about yourself for the day. Another one was, you know, because my integrity's character had been so screwed up through previous patterns. One of the other goals was don't lie to yourself today or don't lie to anybody. Another one was take care of your body. You've got to take care of your spirit. And then some other ones were some business and financial related ones, which you know, a couple months after that moment ended up leading me to starting my own business. And, you know, seven months after that, I ended up starting my podcast. But that to me is the moment where I started to listen to the internal me for, I'd say, probably the first time in my life. So please, uh, guys, make a note right there that uh, instead of working really hard, you can change your life by taking a nap. Okay, not really. You know, I mean, like, if, if I can extend on that, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think it really is dependent on the individual, right? Like, sure. we all know people that are moving at 120 times the speed and they're super focused on getting certain tasks done. But they end up creating, you know, a routine, a process for themselves that then becomes an unconscious process. And, you know, in life, if you're not always changing, you're bound to fall into a mistake or a failure. So, I mean, I don't really think it's dependent on the individual. I think some people probably should be taking more naps, but some other people should do exactly what I did and get up and actually start making stuff happen. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're totally right, Mark. I was just kidding, but it is a journey. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So the teacher to you was the nap, but it came from probably looking everywhere to find those answers and you got relaxed enough to get them. So you started the Humans 2.0 podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So this was about seven months after that moment. And, you know, it was a time where I had waking up every single morning at 5, 6 a.m., engaging in a lot of healthy habits that I found really important for myself, like mindfulness meditation, journaling, exercise, sleeping well, eating well, which were things that I had never actually done throughout my entire life. And what ended up happening is after those six, seven months of me building a lot of solid momentum, Life became pretty hard. I was facing a lot of different issues with my own life. I was becoming conscious of a lot of things that I was unconscious of for for most of my life. And, you know, when that happens, it's not the easiest thing, right? And so my knowledge, I actually knew that I didn't know anything. I didn't have the knowledge to do it. So what I did was I said, how can I right now help myself learn more things. And, you know, to me, the answer at that time was, hey, Mark, if you start a podcast where you talk to the most successful people in the world that, you know, are not just theorizing about it, that are not just reading books about it, but are actually doing it, they're walking the talk, maybe you can learn from them, maybe something can rub off on yourself. So to me, when I started the Humans 2.0 podcast, it really was not about me starting a brand or me even trying to help people. It was really from a place of like, I need to put myself in this sort of feedback loop system where I am constantly improving. I'm constantly getting better. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly learning how to build influence. I'm constantly influencing as 
Um, you know, the Humans 2.0 podcast last year hit the global top 100 podcast list mm-hmm. of all the podcasts in the world. And that doesn't come from me being some kind of an expert or me being like, even know what I'm talking about. I think it really comes from just genuine authenticity of me having the willingness to sit down at the table as a beginner and just learn from these people. And I've like the biggest amount of feedback that I've gotten from people listening to my podcast is, you know, Mark, you you don't know the, all the answers, but when I hear your reaction, when I hear what you say, it helps me stimulate my own thinking. So, you know, that's what the podcast journey sort of been for me. And it's really just been an ultimate tool for self improvement. And it's also helped, you know, a lot of other people um, also improve themselves. I love it. It's brilliant. And that's really what we try to do on Commando On Demand as well, is just give value. And when you give value, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, get a lot of listeners that are interested in following you. So we're going to talk about some of those daily habits and routines that make people successful. But we'll come back to that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about our partners at Captera. It's been 30 years since the World Wide Web was invented, and I bet some of you are still using old, outdated software. Set yourself up for success with the new software for your business at Captera.com. As America's digital pro, Kim gets asked about this all the time. What is the best software for someone's business? And she refers people to Captera.com. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution possible for your business and discover everything you need to know to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software. Everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month and find the right tools for their business. Visit Captera.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Captera.com slash Kim. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. Okay, welcome back. Can you briefly give us maybe a few of the guests that you've had on, some of the most profound guests? So, I mean, the first one that just sticks out to mind immediately is uh, this amazing person. His name is uh, Ed Milet. He was ranked the you know 50 wealthiest person in the world that's under the age of 50. His career is prolific. And, you know, one thing that he really told me is that you need to live in a state of absolute brutal honesty to yourself. And what he says is a lot of people don't make the necessary changes that they know they should be doing because they don't feel the pain of their current decisions and choices. And what he says is, you know, if you know that, you know, you have a money problem or you have some sort of an addiction problem, everyone has their own sort of problem. A lot of us just try to sweep it under the carpet. A lot of us are like, hey, Mark, it's not that big of a deal if you spend money on this or if you have a junk food problem or if you go to 7-Eleven after your work shift every day. A lot of us have a lot of willingness to be able to say those things to ourselves. But what he told me is, you know, the real decision, the real deviation in your behavior starts to come when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you really allow the pain that you've created for yourself to really hit you enough to be willing to go to that next level. And the, you know, the caveat to that is like, you know, you shouldn't be hard on yourself. You shouldn't insult yourself, but what you've got to understand is that 
your actions, your behaviors right now actually have nothing to do with your identity unless you make it so. You know, another killer, killer habit that I love, you know, everyone talks about meditation these days. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about exercise these days. A lot of us exercise. It's healthy. It's also good for brain stimulation. But a lot of us don't talk about this thing called uh, thinkitating. All right. So you just brushed on something. It was the word thinkitate. I like that word. It's like meditate with thinking involved. Can you kind of expound on that? Yeah, absolutely. So you go into a state of meditation. And what that actually teaches your body is you go from a fight to flight response to having, you know, your heart pumping up to running or doing some kind of strenuous exercise to going into an unbelievably calm place where you're just sitting there with your thoughts. And what that gives you the ability to do is now that you have that mental model in the morning, throughout the rest of your day, if something happens that would normally trigger you to be nervous or anxious or upset or moody or irritated, you take that same model and you apply it. And you can really just do that throughout the rest of your day. And you can have a much more optimistically grounded day to not distract you from the crap that you shouldn't be doing and to get you more focused on what you should be doing. Does that mean that most of these folks that you've talked to recommend that you do your exercise in the morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them do recommend to do it in the morning. But honestly, you know, I think we're all different. And I think it's all about exercising, getting that intensity, and then also just finding different ways throughout your day to move. Movement is the key to really having a mindful and stable mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And go ahead. Give us another routine that you think that you've learned from uh, one of these people that you've talked to or maybe several that is very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, another person that sticks out to mind is uh, four times New York Times bestselling author A.J. Jacobs. He's written a plethora of books, but his most recent one is called Thanks a Thousand. You know, every morning, most of us drink a cup of coffee and a lot of us don't really give it a second thought. But what AJ actually decided to do is go around the world and actually do the research and figure out how many people it actually takes to make that cup of coffee. So he went over and he talked to the coffee bean factory workers. He talked to the people that were in the jungle farms that were getting them. He talked to the people that were the exterminators of bugs at that factory. And all he did was just say, hey, thank you for putting in the work to give me the ability to enjoy my cup of coffee. Gratitude is this really, really, really interesting emotion that is unlike any other. And, you know, Tony Robbins says it best, and it's when you are in a genuine state of gratitude, the emotion of fear and nervousness cannot exist. Meaning, if you are rooted in gratitude, It is basically the ultimate fuel source, no matter what you have around you, no matter how poor your surroundings are. And, you know, when AJ, AJ told me something very specific and he said this, a lot of us have trouble sleeping. Part of it is sort of a health issue of not getting the right diet. And another part of it that's harder to solve is the stress, is the anxious mind, is the, you know, your mind's always figuring out problems for you to do that night of or regrets or what you're going to do for the next day. And what AJ recommends is, you know, a lot of people have this concept of counting sheep. 
mm-hmm. when they're asleep. But what AJ recommends is go through the letters of the alphabet, A through Z, and think of something that you are grateful for that begins with that letter. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, A, you can say, wow, I am so grateful that, you know, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak created the company of Apple because I have an iPhone and a MacBook. And through that technology, it's connected me with my family that lives across the world. And it's also enabled so many people to start businesses and to be connected and to make wealth for themselves. So just as an example, that could be one. Um, so like that, that one I absolutely, absolutely adore just for the fact that it helps a lot with sleep and you know, the more grateful you can get, the better. Another one that I've learned from Dr. Daniel Amoney, he's a very well-known psychologist, he has this notion of, you know, a lot of us talk about eliminating negative self-talk. And, you know, a lot of us have that stuff going on in the background that we're not even aware of. And when you start to become aware of this, you know, it's like, okay, so now that I have this negative thought, what do I do now? And what he recommends is you've got to shift your mindset on this. And the way you do that is every time you get a negative thought, you've got to program that in your brain as just a reminder to find something to be grateful for. Right. Mark, we're running out of time. One final question. The biggest habit or routine that has changed your life? You know, the biggest routine that's ever changed my life is, you know, I don't do this every day, but as somebody that doesn't necessarily know what they're thinking, you know, back to what you said, sometimes we feel anger and we don't understand that it's actually related to, you know, fear as an emotion. Right. I think for me, I struggle with that a lot. And a way that I've overcome that, we've talked about meditation, but a big, big, big way is sometimes, you know, man, I will wake up in the morning and I'll pull out a journal and I'll just write down my stream of consciousness. I find in the morning, whether it's, you know, after your routine or first thing in the morning and you write down that stream of consciousness for a page or two, whatever feels natural to you, you'll start to see your own thoughts and you'll start to get this pattern and you'll be able to take that throughout the rest of your day and not being weighed down by it. You know, Tim Ferriss says you trap the monkey mind on paper for the first you know, 20 minutes of the day. And in turn, what that actually leads you to doing throughout your workday is being unbelievably focused on the things that you should be doing in the present moment and not stuck in your head in the, in the regrets of yesterday or the worries of tomorrow. Mark, thank you so much. The podcast is Humans 2.0. You have also the VU Dream. Tell us quickly about that. Yeah, so VU Dream is a uh, growth marketing agency for companies specifically in the virtual reality and the augmented reality industry. And just as a quick note, I think those industries in particular are going to be a fundamental part of our lives in the future. And anything we use today to look at screens, whether it's a flat screen or a laptop or a phone, mm-hmm. I think will be replaced by augmented mixed reality. Sure. So that's just a field that I'm unbelievably passionate about. And I want to be you know, heavily working in there for you know, the next decade, next 15, 20 years, because I think it's going to be unbelievably important in my future. And I'm setting down the frameworks to do that today. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. 
Coming up next, a graduate with honors from Columbia Law School and the CEO of a public technology company. His name is Joseph Herreri, and you talk about super successful. We'll talk to him about the habits and routines that he uses to be successful in just a moment. Right now, a quick word from our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Okay, welcome back to Commando On Demand. I said before the break, our next guest is the CEO of a public technology company. He's a graduate of Columbia Law School and works with major New York law firms. He's CEO of Research Frontiers, which has invested over $100 million in developing and licensing smart glass technology. His name is Joe Herreri. Without further ado, Joe, welcome to Commando On Demand. So our podcast today is about routines and habits of successful people. And obviously, I don't know, you've had some success, I guess. Uh, Columbia Law School, graduated with honors, CEO of a public technology company. You know, who hasn't done that? Um, <laughs> so uh, you're an overachiever. Would you Would you agree with me, Joe? Uh, not yet. <laughs> I still have a lot more to do. Okay, so maybe that's one of those things that people that are super successful have in common is they're always looking for more. Yeah, I think I think we all need to challenge uh, to keep us occupied and to keep us engaged. And uh, we move from challenge to challenge. Sometimes it's growing our own business. Sometimes it's uh, trying new things. So do you think that you uh, got your work habits or your motivation from your parents, your family? What do you think it comes from? That's a great question. My, my dad is 102 years old, and I learned a lot about selling technology at his knee because um, he had a retail jewelry store, and I learned about people and selling and uh, just some amazing, uh, amazing lessons in life. And uh, you never know when you're going to pick up a lesson. And I've picked up lessons in some of the oddest places also, uh, believe it or not, in my constitutional law class and my art history class in college and in law school. So sometimes you pick up things where you don't expect to. Well, again, this podcast is really about routines and habits of successful people. So can you share some of your routines and habits or some of the things that you've learned about, uh, you know, kind of staying on top of things? Sure. Well, one of the things I learned in the early 1990s was one of the best habits I picked up was listening to Kim Commando's uh, broadcasts about technology. It was a new thing back then. People had an intuitive sense that it was going to be big, uh, as, as did I, and uh, it was quite inspirational. I mean, you got a chance to hear about people that were inventing the future, and I certainly wanted to do that. And it certainly was something, one of the things that inspired me to move from a career in law to one of creating a industry that didn't exist and a product that didn't exist using technology. So one of the habits I think that uh, I've picked up is trying to identify trends and then become part of them. Uh, we were one of the first companies, for example, to have a website. Uh, back in 1995 when the Internet was really just becoming uh, fully commercial. Mm -hmm. And you're talking to the webmaster. I had to learn HTML coding even though I didn't know anything about it because that was the way to get something done. And, um, you know, I think that um, 
you know, identifying trends uh, and, and how technology can help you is something that's always been part of my life. I was one of the first lawyers in my law firm to have a computer on my desk. Uh, I bought it myself. I brought it and put it right on my desk. And people asked me, he said, Joe, isn't that for secretaries? And I said, well, you know, I'm a junior lawyer here. And when I bring my stuff to the word processing department, it's going to go to the back of the line, which means I'm not going to get out of here until 11 o'clock. And uh, I'd like to see my kids. I'd like to see my wife. Uh, I have six children and 10 grandchildren, and uh, I like to spend time with them. And technology was something that uh, showed me it could allow me to spend more quality time on things like that. So um, <clears throat> that was one habit I picked up is trying to identify how I think technology can help people do a better job, but also have a, a fuller, more richer life. And uh, that certainly uh, is something that uh, I encourage people to do, is look for the trends and use technology responsibly. And it allowed me to go home and have dinner with my wife, kiss my kids and tuck them in, and then go back to work. Right. Well, thank you for the kind words on the Kim Commando Show. I know Kim thanks you. And as far as um, staying on the uh, edge of technology, you're right. That's exactly what uh, what this sh- that she envisioned for the show. And also uh, kind of pushing forward through, I think, uh, a lot of adversity when she first started. You know, she shopped all the major networks when she knew she had a great show. She started here in Phoenix, and she shopped all the major networks, one being a major network that said that computers were just a passing uh, that the president of the network said that computers were just a passing fad. So, boy, was he right? Yeah, right. So, uh, but can you talk about more than uh, on motivation and maybe even morning routines? Do you have any morning routines that you have to absolutely start the day with, uh, or uh, it never goes quite right? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say I have to do every day, or uh, I'm getting off on the wrong foot, is uh, clearing my head. And as a good friend of mine used to refer to it as free up attention units, your mind can do a lot of things, but you get the clutter out of the way and you can focus on being more strategic. So what I do in the morning is I try to get the hard stuff out of the way first. Uh, you make the tough decisions and then it allows you to focus on growing your business, being creative, thinking strategically. Um, you want some tips on how I do this? Absolutely. You bet. Okay. Well, first thing is, I guess, know yourself. Um, I happen to work best early in the morning. Uh, fortunately, a lot of my key licensees and customers are in Europe, so I'm typically up at 5 a.m. And by 10 a.m., I've probably made most of the strategic decisions for the day. But that's me. You know, Two of my sons started their own uh, companies. My oldest son started a company called BidLab, and my younger son started a company called 1H Technologies. And you know, being millennials, they tend to work very well at night and are not up in the morning. So every, everyone's different. Um, you know, another, I guess, morning routine that I do is goes under the category of trust yourself. Uh, I know if I have a thorny problem or a strategic speech that I have to make, I sleep on it. Uh, I know in the morning my subconscious brain will turn things over to my conscious mind in good shape. And I don't stress when I go to sleep at night. I know that I'll have an answer in the morning. And in the morning, I do a couple of things to try to unlock uh, what's gone on while I was sleeping. And for me, walking does this. It, it clears my head. It gets oxygen flowing to remote areas of the body. And 
the way I do that is I walk the dog. And when he was a puppy, he used to wake me up, <laughs> and now I wake him up. <laughs> and, you know, the other, the other thing is make time for yourself. Um, you know, that also, I think, really helps create um, a creative environment for your mind to operate in. And, you know, when the weather's nice, uh, my dog and I go watch the sunrise together on the beach. Uh, so those are some of the things I do to uh, help unlock the creative mind. Other people, I guess, run or bike or even read the newspaper and let ideas flow towards them. But everyone's different. And you just have to discover what works for you and then do it every day. And I guess trust that the habits regularly done will work for you. A lot of people actually, when we talk about routines, talk specifically about meditation. Do you like consider your walk in the morning a meditation or a type of meditation, or do you specifically do guided meditation? Meditation is really just getting your mind in a particular state, and there's a lot of different ways of doing it. And for me, it's walking and watching the sunrise and doing things like that. Other people will do formal meditation. And, you know, like I said, other people might, you know, run a, a mini marathon just to unlock the endorphins to do that. But those are some of the things that I use to get into a meditative state so that my mind is working a little more effectively. So have you always uh, kind of started the morning kind of like this, taking a walk, or has this been something that you've kind of developed over time? I think all of these habits you develop over time. Um, you tend, if, if you're introspective, you... Uh, start to analyze what seems to work and what doesn't work. And you, then you incorporate that as a habit into your life. And over the years, these are the, some of the things that I found works for me. You know, and, you know, in business, it's the same thing. There's certain principles that I think are overarching principles that you develop and then they become your, your guide star, if you will. You seem so relaxed, like absolutely relaxed. Can you tell me about, I don't know, maybe – I'm sure there's people that are listening that have huge problems or huge issues that they're dealing with. If you had something like that going on, could you maybe speak to them about how you would get through those big issues that are, I don't know, everybody has at least one most of the time? Sure. I call this digesting the elephant. You know, the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And if you have a big problem or a big task or a big project or something that just seems totally overwhelming, break it up into pieces and digest each piece. If you think about each piece and what you can do, for example, to minimize risk or what you can do to achieve a result with limited resources, those are, those are things that I, you know, I put under the category of digesting the elephant. You know, the other thing is not to stress too much about making the right decision. I think one of the biggest problems people have in business and in life is that they overanalyze. And I guess with experience comes a confidence where you don't have to. Uh, some people call it shooting from the hip. But, you know, I think that a good decision maker, a good leader understands you're never going to have 100% certainty on anything. And you have to be able to operate comfortably in an environment where, you know, maybe you have 80% certainty or 80% of the information you need or maybe 60%. And, you know, the corollary to that, though, is understand that when you don't have perfect information, you're going to make some mistakes. And I make about 20 to 30 mistakes a day. I just try not to make mistakes that will kill my company or, you know, be catastrophic. And once in a while, I teach entrepreneurship and leadership. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I tend to do at the end of the class is I taught myself how to juggle when I was <laughs> younger. And I'll 
reach under the podium and pull out a tennis ball, an apple, and an egg. And mm-hmm. everybody kind of gets silent when they do that because they've never seen anyone do that. Right. And I'll start juggling, and I'll talk about the things that people are typically juggling. Uh, you know, you have uh, – well, bringing it to business, you know, you – have uh, resources, you're juggling people, you're juggling competition, you're juggling marketing, you're juggling time. There's a lot of things that are pulling you in many different directions and you have to juggle them to be successful. And uh, what I do typically then is I drop the tennis ball and it bounces right back up and I continue juggling. And I say that some things that you, mistakes that you make, you could bounce back from quite easily mm-hmm. you know, without even a hitch. And then I'll drop the apple, and it just kind of sits there on the floor, and I'll stop juggling for a moment, and I'll bend down, and I'll pick it up and resume juggling. I said, you know, (laughs) sometimes you have to restart. And I said, but the kind of mistakes you don't want to make, and I dropped the egg. Uh And remember, this is now a quiet room, and (laughs) you could hear a pin dropper. In my case, you could hear an egg splat. Um, This raw egg just splats all over the floor. I said, don't make a mistake that's going to kill your company. And I think that if you accept the fact that you're not going to be perfect, that you you are going to make mistakes, uh, and you also accept that in others. You don't want to, you know, have a laid-back attitude as the CEO of the company but demand, perf- uh, you know, perfection from everyone else. Uh, I think that that will be um, something that always serves people well and will help them get through a lot of crises. Wow, what a great example. I love that. And we want, I want to talk about your company too, the Smart Glass, SPD Smart Glass Company. How did you get involved with that, and where do you see the, the future of the Smart Glass Company? Well, I started as the company's outside attorney, and I was involved with their public offering back in 1986. And in 1991, I got tired of working for other law firms, and I decided I was going to um, start my own law firm. So I approached Research Frontiers and asked them if they would continue to be a client of mine if I moved to my own firm. And the chairman of the company said, let's have dinner. And he sat down and he said, Joe, you know, this is just starting out. We're, you know, we have two licensees, but at some point we're going to need a full-time lawyer, but we don't need one now. Why don't you become our part-time general counsel and you can do your law firm the rest of the time. And my wife and I, Rebecca and I, we cashed in our frequent flyer miles and we went to Hawaii and we sat on a hammock and we stared at the ocean and decided to you know, make a career-changing decision, came back and I accepted the offer and did that. And part-time quickly became full-time and I automated all of the legal and the accounting and the SEC compliance and I standardized the license agreements. So I got more involved with the company's business and business development. And over time, this position morphed from being a legal position to becoming the CEO of the company. So that's that's how the company got started. Uh, where I see it really going is, you know, pretty much everywhere you look, glasses everywhere, and the need to control heat, light, and glare uh, is everywhere. And now with electric vehicles coming out, our technology can increase the driving range of electric vehicles by 5.5%, which is huge. Uh, when you talk about saving energy in buildings, this also has a meaningful impact on that. And uh, it allows car designers to do uh, a lot more of what they'd like, which is really enhance the passenger experience in cars and in planes and things like that. So our technology has been selected 
for use in all of these industries just for those reasons. And I see that as things like electric vehicles and even self-driving cars um, uh, increase and become commonplace as they're beginning to do now, uh, you're going to have totally different vehicle interiors and the glass is going to be part of that and our smart glass will certainly add meaningful functionality to those uh, those vehicles. It already has. Fantastic. Joseph Herreri, thank you so much for joining us on Commando On Demand. It's been fantastic information. I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. Great. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Take care. If people wanted to find out more about you, is there a website they can go to? Sure. If they go to smartglass.com, uh, S-M-A-R-T-G-L-A-S-S dot com. You can learn about our smart glass technology, and uh, I'd be delighted to hear from you. And if anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. So now it's your turn. Make 2019 the year of the morning habit. How will you start your day? Will you digest the elephant the way Jeff Herrera does and eat one bite at a time? Or will you start your day with a mix of thoughtful meditation or a thinkitation like Mark Mitri? Here are my three takeaways that I'm going to put into practice for 2019. I'm going to start my day every day at the same time with a routine. And second, my daily juggling of tasks. And third, I'm going to set aside at least 20 minutes a day, device-free, Maybe I'll think a tate or maybe I'll walk my dog. At any rate, I want to leave you with a tip from Benjamin Spall. He's the co-author of a number one Amazon bestseller called My Morning Routine. And he and Michael Zander have interviewed over 300 people and put the best material to a sort of morning optimization book. I love it. And one of Benjamin's favorite tips is to view your life as a scientist would or as an observer so that you can objectively see what's going on, what needs to be changed, and then manipulate your habits accordingly. Hey, thanks for listening, and don't forget to make your one-stop podcast source, podnet.com, part of your daily routine, and check out Starting Line. Starting Line is a compilation of the best startup and longevity tips from CEOs and cutting-edge innovators. Now, before you go, I want to thank our guests, Mark Mitri and Joe Herreri. And speaking of good work habits, it doesn't get any better than my team. I'm biased, of course, so hats off to Noel Shuck, my good friend and master editor, Monica Golombieski, and, of course, Vicki Morgan for putting together all the pieces of this podcast. If you have learned something valuable from this podcast, don't hide it. Share it. Sharing and generosity are great habits to have because sharing impacts other people's lives and gives them hope. And this particular podcast is full of hope, so please share. And if you want more content... Get it now by becoming an exclusive Kim's Club member. It's basically an all-access pass to everything we produce on Commander.com. And if you're already a member, I want to thank you for partnering with us. Thank you again for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast, and we'll see you next time.
Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win.